You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. We're also trying to figure out what's going on with the New York Knicks as Harrison Butker tries to tie the game in uh, Buffalo at three apiece. For that, we bring in my good friend uh, who does a tremendous job. I heard him yesterday. Great job on the radio here. Occasionally check him out on News 12. You know, I have to go on the app, though, because I'm not in the, you know, not in the Bronx. That's where he's normally at. But, you know, so check him out on News 12 New Jersey. And, of course, doing some play-by-play action. He is Pat O'Keefe. Joins us next on 98.7. Hey, Pat. Hey, Larry. How you doing? I'm doing great, my friend. What's going on? Well, you know, things are good in Knicks land anyway. Oh, baby. They're uh, taking advantage of this portion of the schedule, which is what they needed to do, including last night. So, Pat, let me ask you this before we get to last night and the whole thing with uh, Hardenstein and, and what's going on with the injury. You've been doing the pre and, and post and halftime duties for a number of years now. And also you've covered them for your, you know, for News 12. How, how, how much fun is it to cover this team right now when you see that the young players are growing together, you see that the, you've got some stability, the head coaching situation, and you're not talking about, well, what are we going to do to change? What, will Tibbs be back? And, you know, what, what's going to happen with, with the, you know, ping pong balls and stuff like that? How much different has it been the past couple of seasons? It's been different. And, you know, I remember there were a lot of years where, you know, I'd wrap up post game and you'd be in the studio to do ESPN New York tonight. And, you know, you and I crossing paths would kind of talk about the state of the team when the state of the team wasn't that great. So I remember those years, those conversations that we had in the studio, and this is completely different. It's funny because, you know, you, you get spoiled pretty quickly um, <laughs> if you're a fan or if you're somebody covering the team because, you know, now it's easy when the expectations are higher and the record is what it is right now, 26 and 17. You tend to nitpick a lot of things that in the past you kind of let go a little bit, but I think mm. this is – if you're a Knicks fan, this is a much better world to live in. Oh, there's no question about it. There's no question about it. It's it's almost, almost, Pat, almost like the 90s where you expected your team was going to be in the postseason and you expected them to make a deep run. And, you know, this is the way it was. They were, you know, consistently good and, and competent and entertaining, and that's what you have right now. Take me back to last night. Uh, obviously, a lot of – a lot of speculation, a lot of anticipation. Sound like Walt Frazier. Uh, with <laughs> IQ and, and R.J. Barrett coming back, and I thought the Knicks did a great job with the tribute video, and obviously the fans love those guys. It's, it's something about your homegrown guys, isn't it, Pat? We, you, Monica and I were discussing this the previous game when the Knicks beat the Wizards. What would the reaction be like? Would the Knicks? How would the Knicks approach this? Would it be businesslike? Would they recognize them for their contributions. And I was so happy with how it turned out last night. Um, you know, allowing the garden public address announcer, Mike Watts to announce them as if they were still Knicks and allowing them their ovations from the crowd, which were boisterous first quickly. And then RJ Barrett. And then at the first time out, they did give the tribute video. And a lot of people speculated on that. You know, it's funny over the years, there was a lot of, you know, the, the tribute video in sports in general has become a debate topic. Who mm. deserves it? Who doesn't deserve it? It's almost like the Hall of Fame. These are two that unquestionably deserved it because both of them, and I've said this all week long, both Barrett, especially Barrett, but quickly also, 
both of them, when they left, first of all, they did not leave the organization on their own volition. And secondly, each of them, when they left the organization, they left it in a better place than it was when they got there. And that's really all you can ask for in any situation. And it was great to see both of them recognized for that. Pal Keep is my guest. So, Pat, uh, I guess we could just keep saying it over and over and over again, but I'll sum it up by uh, quoting a former uh, sportscaster who I used to cover sports with. His name is Bobby Grakowski. We called him Bobby G. And he used, he used to say, fill in the blank, he's a little bit good. Uh, Jalen Brunson's a little bit good, isn't he, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's a little bit good. It's funny, you know, you, you talk about how different things are now. He was on his way to his fifth 40-point game last night. He had 38. And the only reason he didn't get it is because the Knicks were ahead by so much that Tom Thibodeau emptied the bench in the last two minutes and he had to be taken out of the game. Other than that, he would have had another 40-point game. But the last two games especially, which interestingly, the two games since he uh, came back after missing the previous two games, the last two games for Jalen Brunson, he looks like he's even better since he took those two games off. That The, the one concern about Brunson is, as you know, Larry, watching these guys, he takes such a beating because mm-hmm. he's so physical. He leads the league in taking charges, and he gets to the free throw line all the time. He's a smallish type guard, but he's so physical and he gets inside the paint and that's where most of his damage is done. But as a result of that, he takes so many hits. And we saw this last year, as great as he was last year, the first half of the season, he hardly missed a game. Second half of the season, he missed a lot of games and that actually elevated Emmanuel quickly status because quickly was the one stepping into the starting lineup for Jalen Brunson. But that's the only thing that concerns you is the fact that he takes some punishment on his body, which isn't big enough to absorb a lot of punishment. And we saw what it looked like in the two games that he was out. They played the Memphis Grizzlies last Saturday night against the glorified G League team, and they were in a dogfight until they Mm -hmm. pulled away in the fourth quarter. And then on Monday against Orlando, a game that they should have won even without Brunson, when it came to crunch time in the fourth quarter and Brunson wasn't out there in a tight game, their offense just completely froze up. So we got a little glimpse of what life is like this week without Jalen Brunson, and it's not great. No, it isn't. It's not pretty at all. Let's stay in the backcourt, Pat, because that's the concern, and Nick fans are concerned. Obviously, the, the Leon Rose and company, they understand. They've got to do something with, with uh, the guard play coming off the bench now. Uh, you know, you have to give to get. You understand that. You gave a starter. You gave your number one points guy off the bench. So now they got to replenish that. I thought Deuce McBride showed some things early. He has come back to the pack a little bit. What's the next move for them? I mean, I'm hearing Quentin Grimes moving. I'm hearing all these different things. Uh, what do you see going on with this team as to how they get the you know this backcourt solidified a little bit off the bench? Well, the Quentin Grimes moving would fall under the category of you have to give to get because Grimes and. and Look, he actually, I thought, I liked his aggressiveness last night. His shooting numbers still weren't there. He's 0 for 9 from downtown over his last two games. But Grimes is a good player. He just needs confidence and he needs the space to have the ball in his hands and not feel like the only recourse for him to score is to catch and shoot. And off the bench, I think he has a little bit more of that. Now he's in a little bit of a shooting slump right now. It happens. He's going to break out of it. I do like Grimes in this bench role. I'd hate to 
see the Knicks, you know, give him up for some other fortification off the bench only because Grimes is their best kind of quote unquote pure scorer off the bench right now. Josh Hart is Josh Hart. He does everything, but he's not a pure scorer. Um, but they do need some more playmaking off that bench. And, you know, you hear the names that are mentioned that could be available, whether it's a Malcolm Brogdon, who's currently with the Portland Trailblazers, whether it's a Jordan Clarkson, who's currently with the Utah Jazz. The problem with the Utah Jazz and Clarkson is they've started playing well over the last month. So now they're in the race for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. So they might not be as likely a seller. But there's a couple of players out there, and if I, if I could – bring one player into this organization, one player type into this organization right now, it would be a playmaking type guard off the bench who can also score the basketball. Yep, I agree with you. And besides, listen, Jordan Clarkson, you know Utah. Danny Ainge is going to want everything. (laughs) (laughs) We've we've been been down that road. (laughs) Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Uh, Pat, can Prince... Prince Achua be able to hold the fort if Hartenstein is out for a long period of time? It's 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 going to be tough. Look, here's the thing. Um, you know they have Jericho Sims, mm-hmm. and you know Sims has started over the last two years, twenty six games, and in those twenty six games, the Knicks are sixteen and ten. Now his short starting stint this season did not go great. Um, he was exploited in a couple of matchups, most notably against the Clippers out on their West Coast trip where he had a lot of trouble with the pick and roll. Mm. But if you look at that matchup in a vacuum, that was James Harden, one of the best playmaking guards in NBA history and one of the best in the pick and roll, kind of exploiting him in one specific game. Um, you know, over the four-game or five-game stint in which he was the Knicks starting center this year, it wasn't a great sample size for Jericho Sims and then he got injured and then they made the trade and brought in Precious Achua and Achua has kind of taken his spot in the rotation. You have him to add some depth even before, you know, whatever concerns there are about Hartenstein being out for a period of time. I would have also said secondary to the Knicks leading a or needing a playmaking guard off the bench backup center would be my next wish for them. Achua is, He's a good player, but he's 6'8". He doesn't have yeah. a ton of size. He doesn't bring a ton of rim protection. Tom Thibodeau has always loved rim protection, whether it's um, Mitchell Robinson, obviously. Nerland's Noel actually had his greatest success as an NBA player because he's a rim protector. And even in this stint as a starter, Isaiah Hartenstein has turned into a rim protector. So that's the kind of center that Tom Thibodeau would want. And because of his size – that's not necessarily the type of player Achua is. So if Hartenstein's going to be out for a period of time, that's going to be a concern also. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. All right, Pat, we can't continue and we can't close our conversation about the Knicks without talking about Julius Randle, who got a triple-double last night. Pat, he is probably one of the most um, controversial players on this team. Because you see what he brings to the table. You love his scoring. You love his durability. You love the double-doubles. But every time you really get in that spot where you really love him as a Nick fan, you'll get these turnovers, and he just he just drives you crazy. But otherwise, I mean, talk about what he did last night with the triple-double. You know, it's funny. I mean, Julius Randle and, and Larry, you've done this a long time, right? There, there are certain athletes who, when you host a talk show in New York City, 
that the callers just gravitate to. A lot of times it's a quarterback, whether on the Jets or the Giants. It was Carmelo Anthony for mm. a number of years. Over the last 20 years, I would say Carmelo was one of the most discussed athletes on shows like this in New York City. And Julius Randle is kind of in that vein. And, you know, it's because of his talent, but it's also because of, you know, some of those frustrating things that he does that you had mentioned. But Julius Randle, what he's going to go down as is one of the greatest free agent signings in Knicks history. Um, I, I, I think his whole approach this season where he's recognized that at the beginning of last season when Brunson came in and signed the free agent contract and Brunson was the first two or three months kind of just finding his way. And, you know, Knicks fans were thrilled that they had competent play at the point guard position. And we thought there were greater things out there for Jalen Brunson, but he kind of bided his time a little bit because it had been Randall's team. He had been the all-star. He had been the all-NBA player. And by the end of last season, especially in that Miami series, when Brunson scored 40-plus points in the season finale, the game the Knicks were eliminated in, it was clear that Brunson was the number one option and Randall was number two. And Randall has – I don't know if embrace is the right word. I don't know if Randall goes to work every day says, okay, I'm the number two option. But Randall has accepted what Brunson is, and he has accepted what his skill set is. And I think this season Randall has – fit his skill set around what Brunson brings much better than it was last year. And I think that's made a huge difference in his performance. It's more efficient. He's shooting fewer three-pointers. He's taking fewer three-pointers. Um, and he's just scoring at a more efficient rate. So this is a different Julius Randle again. He's playing at an all-star level. And I think the fact that he's embraced or excuse me accepted the fact that Brunson is who he is now at this stage in his career is a huge thing for this team there's no question about it Pat do you know when you're doing your next play-by-play I do not um but as soon as I do I'll let you know <laughs> yeah definitely I want you know listen uh Ed Cohen's lucky man he's got a lot of folks who can help him out when he needs a day off <laughs> and and the level it's, doesn't it's been- drop it's been a wonderful experience um, getting to do these games, working primarily with Monica, uh, a lot of games with the great Wally Zerbiak, mm-hmm. who um, I watched playing in college when I was a college student myself, getting to work with him is a thrill, Alan Hahn as well. So it's been a wonderful experience so far. Well, you, you and they have done a nice job. It's, it's not easy to follow, you know, the number one guy, but you guys are doing a nice job. Pat, as always, thanks for a couple of minutes. We'll talk to you down the line, my friend. Larry, thanks so much. Always great to talk to you. You got it. Thanks. That's Pat O'Keefe. We got a couple of minutes. Let's talk a little basketball, shall we? 1-800-919-3776. 75 yards. Yeah, Buffalo's got a touchdown. They are now up 10-3. We'll see what Kansas City does and hear what you have to say next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Talk a little basketball here. Um, the Knicks and their state after winning a game uh, against Toronto last night. I thought the Garden did a great job with the, uh, you know, with the tribute videos to both IQ and RJ. The fans, of course, you know they love them. And as Pat O'Keefe mentioned, it's a situation where they were traded. It's not like they wanted out. It's not like they signed someplace else as a free agent and they were coming back. 
it was beyond their control. They were traded away. And listen, there's a lot of fans who still love RJ and still love IQ and hope they do well. Just not when they play the Knicks. Spike is in St. Pete. What's up, Spike? Hey, Larry. Thanks for getting me on. First, let me make a, a non-basketball comment. You had Pat on. Uh, I'm pretty good friends with Robin Lumberg, and uh, I was fortunate to spoke to Don and Michael and Peter. Uh, it was kind of reminiscing. They cut a little piece of my uh, past out, as they did with yours, I'm sure. And um, it's very, very difficult to understand what's going on and accept it as part of life. You know, you get older, you get sick, you don't get sick, whatever. You know, life and death are a part of life. But, but the way they did that to guys like Pat and Robin and many, many others, many others, uh, to, to, if you got a God willing, you don't get it tomorrow morning, you wake up and put your computer on and you get that kind of email. I can't imagine how devastating it is. So, uh, you know, as the kids say today, you reach out or you get in touch with them when we were younger and, and, and you could do anything to help these uh, young women and men and uh, get some employment somewhere because a lot of talented people are in a lot of pain right now. So yeah, I just wanted to get that real quick. Yeah. And especially when you and me and Lumberg used to talk at 540 in the morning oh, yeah. about the previous, previous night's Nick game. And, mm. and you told that brilliant story. I don't want to waste the time I have on the Knicks. I'll be real quick. When you used to, people, kids don't even know this today. The telephone kids used to unscrew from the bottom and Larry used to have to put alligator clips <laughs> to make the transmission. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. That's and right. God, that's like a science fiction movie. Yeah, well, yeah. And, you know, things move along, but people don't understand. These venture capital companies come in, they look at the bottom line. It's just, it's sad. I just, uh, I, I know they're good people, but everyone doesn't get a landing spot. I'm just hoping in this case, because I miss SI. I know it wasn't the same, but I miss it. And I was a sport magazine guy with Dick Shap. Okay. Mm-hmm. I spent some time today talking to my best friend. I got four or five core people of which you're one and Trey's one who basketball's their, their game. It's their first sport. And we went over the first half of the season and Pat O'Keefe's done a great job. I hope you're listening, Pat. You've done a great job. You're great on news 12. Everything you do is terrific. The Regis high school kid, really, really a bright young fellow, great pipes and uh, working with some good people. Julius Randle will keep the Knicks from advancing. He's not even a third option, Larry, and I'll tell you why I disagree with you and Gordon on that. I don't think he can handle being a third option. He's a very big guy. He's very strong. Deuce McBride was getting chewed out by Julius Randle in two different instances on the court. When he came in, which is another instance because the coach – as stubborn as anybody. I mean, the opposing coach empties his bench. This guy waits a, a minute and a half of wasted time. He could have put him in with five minutes gone when the other coach, who was going through mourning the death of a, a fellow countryman, that's a whole other show. Life's tough. And the Knicks wrapped up that game like the old Celtics did. First six minutes of the third quarter, they made the adjustments. They beat an inferior team. I feel good for uh, uh, RJ and, and, and Quick. Uh, Quick was not a point guard. He'll never be a point guard. Uh, if he is, it's going to be on a real bad team. He's a, he's a good bench player, and he can light up the, 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 the score. Uh, RJ got taller. He's slow, but he played well in the playoffs. He's a two. 
But being a two, you're going to be a little slower against the quicker ones. But he'll score his points and have a long career, maybe make an all-star game. I'm happy for those kids. But they both were ISO players. We won that trade, hands down. And if we move, if we're able, we don't need Brogdon or Clark. We don't need anyone. Donovan Mitchell's going to walk through our door, unlike Carmelo did. He walked through our door, but we paid with a lot of mediocre players or good players. Uh, if we just sit tight, we will get Donovan Mitchell because he's an RFA. Did you see what Indiana did with Siakam? They gave up three first-round yeah. picks, and he didn't, he didn't sign. Yeah. but I'm, I'm sure they, they got – I'm sure, Spike, that they got some kind of – thanks for the phone call. I'm sure they got some kind of agreement that he will sign eventually. They'll just – they'll work it out. He'll sign because they didn't – they did not make that deal without the understanding that they were going to get him signed. All right, so I, I expect that that will happen. It may not happen right away, but, you know, they they will make sure that that happens. So that, that will be done. Um, Spike, the reason why I, I understand what you're saying, for me, I just think that depending on who the other two people are, then Julius Randle will be realistic and say, you know what, I, I'm the third option on this squad. That, that's who I am. That, that's what it has to be. I'm the third option. And so I think, I think depending on who the other two are, he would make that decision. I hear what you're saying, too, once again, about uh, Donovan Mitchell. Okay, uh, but here's my situation with that. Is this team needs to make some adjustments on that bench now. Because, you know, I mean, Pat is right. They were not – Brunson, with him taking all these charges and all this other stuff – uh, he he, he's not gonna you know. And by your own admission about how slow it is for Tibbs to go to the bench, he's gonna wear down, man. And you know, Randall's had a really good season, but in the games that you see where now he is the focus and he feels he's got to be the guy to that the offense has got to go through, he's not the same guy. He is fine when. You've got to defend Brunson, and he's in the painted area the way he's played for most of the season. He's been fine. In that role like that, he's been fine. It's doable. It works. It works. The issue is when he's got to feel like when there's no Brunson and he's got to be the focus of the offense, that's when I have an issue. And so uh, my concern is this, that because the bench is not as – effective as they've been in this time, you know, hopefully they'll get it together. Uh, that's going to force Tibbs to go with Brunson and Randall longer. And that could be an issue as we move forward. Kansas City driving on third and goal. Will they get into the end zone and even this game up? We'll find out next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Kansas City does not get into the end zone. They have to settle for three. And so they trail 10-6, a little over nine minutes left to go before halftime. And just like last week, Kansas City not able to get sevens in the red zone. And, you know, this Buffalo team puts points on the board. It's it's obvious adage. You can't continue to answer sevens with threes. You can't do it. So, uh, you know, Kansas City's got to do a little better job. They have they they seem to march down the field pretty well. It's just when they get into the red zone and and closer to the end zone, they've not able to been able to punch it in. And that's last week and so far this game. So we'll see what happens. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? 
Hey, good evening, Larry. Shout out to the companies. Definitely wanted to, you know, chime in when you got when you were ready to talk, Nick. And I, you know, I definitely watched the game. You know, the reception was definitely very nice for the kids to receive. Because, um, like, you know, Spike, Spike and you said, you know, they didn't act to be out. They, you know, were traded. And, you know, it just happened to just be that they didn't match with the, you know, Nick's current timeline that, you know, that they that they pretty much found themselves in. And, you know, it, it happened for a good reason for both of them. So, um, as far as watching the game, I was very happy. I'm happy that we won. I'm happy that we kind of blew them out. Um, and if you... My concern was, you know, as usual, it was the turnovers. Um, but luckily, since we had the rebounding advantage, it was able to neutralize that and keep control of the game. It's just more of my, you know, it's just more of like, you know, from what we need. I, I, I'm kind of in the boat of not, not only do we need, you know, some bench scoring, I do think we do need, you know, more more of a starting shooting guard as well. So I don't know, you know, and my concern is that I think that they'll go with like the cheaper option of a, like an Alex Burke who can definitely, you know, come off the bench and tips, Ooh. trust and play defense. But I'm just, you know, I'm just not sure if that's going to be enough. I just wanted to hear your thoughts. Uh, all right, Jose, thanks for the phone call. No, I don't see Alex Burke's coming back. I, I don't, I don't see that. Uh, I don't, I mean, it could be wrong. I don't see that at all. I think... I think DiVincenzo is okay uh, right now. I mean, he didn't have a great three-point shooting night last night, but, uh, you know, he had 17 points in 20 minutes. Um, so I think that he will, he'll, he's okay, and I think he and Brunson work well together in the backcourt. And he's a, he's a pretty good defender, pretty good rebounder. So I, I like him in that spot as of right now. Uh, if you tell me they're going to get somebody else, I have to see who it is. Now, you know, there's, a you know, the – DeJounte Murray uh, conversation has been had here. You know, I don't know what it would take to get him. Are they interested in getting him? Um, I know that his name has been mentioned going to the Lakers. His name has even been mentioned for Brooklyn. So, I, you know, I don't know if that's the case. And then if you get him, then you move DiVincenzo back to the bench. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with this team. Uh, but, you know, you talk about the turnovers. I mean, they had 21 turnovers last night. And unfortunately, Julius Randle had seven of them. And so, you know, listen, 18 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists for Randle, that's a pretty good stat line. But, you know, you get the seven turnovers and, you know, that it, it, it just drives you nuts. Uh, you know, um, Achua had four, had uh, three turnovers. And um, let's see, Hart had three, McBride had two, Flynn had one. And Anobi had two, and uh, Brunson had three. So, um, I'm sorry, and Anobi had one turnover, and Brunson had three. So, you know, it's an issue. There's no question about it. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. It's an issue. They turned the ball over too much, and they've gone through that recently. You know, they had gone through a stretch where they really weren't turning the basketball over that much, but they have gone through it here. So, you know, once again, something they have to work on, and and. You know, Tibbs, they're running it in practice. <laughs> over and over and over again, they're running through it in practice, not turning it over and everything. And so, uh, you know, they have to figure out a way to do that. Uh, the rebounding edge was substantial, as you mentioned. Um, 
they out rebounded Toronto. Is that right? 61-31? Wow. That's a lot of missed shots if you're Toronto. <laughs> That's a lot of missed shots. Uh, but they had 11 offensive rebounds, though, Toronto. The Knicks had 15. Ooh. So they dominated the boards. There's no question about that. And, you know, that's what they do. And I just would like to – the concern, once again, is uh, Hartenstein. How long is he going to be out? And when he comes back, how long are you going to be able to play him? You can't play him a lot of minutes to make sure, depending on, on the condition of the ankle – uh, first it was sprained, then it was downgraded to something else. So we're not real sure. We'll see what happens. Uh, Tuesday night they play against the Nets at Barclays. And uh, the Nets lost a game today that I'm trying to figure out how they did. Uh, because I looked at this game and they were up by 12 at halftime. And I'm thinking, well, you know, wow. What a way to bounce back for this Nets team. You know, because they beat the Lakers by 20 which I was surprised at because, you know, they were, I mean, they lose to the Trailblazers on the last second shot, 105-103. They lose to the Heat, 96-95. Okay, so they're in games. All right? And so even though they, they've struggled and they, they went on a long losing streak and they had, you know, they had lost a bunch of games in a row. What was it? They had lost like 8 out of 10 or something of that nature. And so you're looking at them and you watch them and look, they're not a great team, but they're not bad. They they should be better than 17 and 25. Okay. That's what I'm saying. And they were. And so now you look at them and they blow out the Lakers by 20 or more. Yeah. They're 131, 12. Cam Thomas scores 33. They dominate the second half. They roll. And then the Clippers are down 18, but unfortunately for them, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard scores 14 points in five minutes and they go on this run and then it's it's game, set, match. And so, uh, you know, you just, you're trying to figure out what's what's going on with this Brooklyn team. You know, what what's happening with them? Why are they such a roller coaster team? And I get it, you know, it's a talent situation, but I mean, they gave up, the Nets gave up 41 points in the fourth quarter. They were outscored 41-15. I mean, that's hard to do. <laughs> you got to really, that's not easy to be outscored like that. 41-15? They went on a 22-5 run or something of that nature? That's like, that's nuts. How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you do that? I mean, how many turnovers did they have? I'm trying to figure out, having not watched the game because I was involved in, in football, they only had 12 turnovers. Okay, so, I mean, and, and the Clippers only had 10. So I, they just went cold, I guess. I guess they just went cold. But, I mean, that's that's rough. So the question becomes, you know, will Hartenstein be available for them uh, against, uh, for the, against the Nets? Uh, you know, what's going to be his status going forward? And will now another center have to be, will they have to look at, you know, bringing in somebody else at the center position, depending on the situation with Hardenstein? You know, it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. When we return, we'll come back. We'll get some uh, thoughts, more closing thoughts on the Knicks and Nets. And, of course, we'll get you caught up on what's happening with um, Kansas City and Buffalo. And we will hear from the coach that's headed 
to San Francisco. All that's next on 98.7 ESPN.